0: And so as we are a house of prayer but we are also a house of faith because it's you know faith and prayer have to go together. What did I tell you to go? Did I tell you go anywhere? Romans 1. Okay, let me get there first, and then I'll talk. Sometimes I'm not a great multitasker. At least my wife tells me that. <laughs> she'll ask me a question, she'll be like, "So how did so and so go?" And and I'm and I'm trying and I'm still doing something and she's like, you you couldn't do both things. No, I I, I just don't work that way. Just <laughs> so Oh anyway, but um but prayer and faith go together. So we'll be talking about faith a lot on Wednesday nights, um, because we are a heritage of faith. And um and so and we're a house of faith, because your prayer life will never rise above your faith life. You know, if you know, if you're if you can say, "Well, I'm a great prayer, but I need to. I need. Uh, I'm not into that that faith stuff." Well, that means you're you're not into anything, really, because because faith it's we believe we receive we believe we receive when we pray. So so prayer and faith go hand in hand together, and uh, I mean, I mean we could talk the next the next twenty four hours on faith. Um, But I want to just pull out a few points to you. And so Romans chapter 1, verse 15. He says, so as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. Why? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Wow. I mean, I'm going to preach this gospel. Why? Because I'm not ashamed of it. For it is the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel. Why is he not ashamed to preach the gospel? Because it's the power of God unto salvation. The gospel, the good news being declared has the ability to release power to bring about change in something. So when the gospel, when the good news is preached, it is the power of God unto salvation. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that all encompassing? If the gospel is preached, is it the power of God unto salvation? Not to everyone. You see, because we have to understand the rest of this scripture. But you say, yeah, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. See, the gospel isn't the power to just everybody. See, there there, there has to be an exchange. There has to be an exchange. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So the exchange happens when faith is released. So when the gospel is preached... Power isn't released until I've mixed faith with it. That's why you can have, you can have 10 people sit in a room and hear good, hear good news and five people receive something and another five not receive anything. Why? Because five of them all of a sudden said, wait, I believe that. And all of a sudden something happened. So the gospel in itself is not the power of God unto salvation. It's the power is to, it's it's power only when someone chooses to believe it. When someone says, I believe that I take that. See the, 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 the promise, the good news was for the children of Israel to go into the promised land. That was good news. The good news was you don't need to leave in Egypt anymore. That was good news, but they got into the wilderness and they're standing. A lot of them wanted to go back and you only had two that wanted to go. So the the gospel, the good news of going to the promised land was for all 600,000 plus women and children coming out of Egypt. It was for everyone. But not everyone received it. Because Hebrews tells us, it says, because it says they did not mix faith with it. So faith is the exchange to bring about What God desires. So that's why faith is so important in prayer. Because if I'm not praying in faith. Then I'm just speaking words. So faith is the gospel. For the gospel is the power of God to salvation. To everyone that believeth. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith. To faith. So therein is righteousness revealed. So so the gospel reveals what? Righteousness. What is righteousness? Now, first first we have to understand righteousness as it pertains to my life, it's my ability to stand before God without fear or condemnation. That's righteousness that I've obtained. But righteousness that's being referred here, for therein is righteousness. Therein is righteousness. If you, we look at, for the, I'm just kind of, for the sake of time, Matthew 6, 33, familiar scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God. And a lot of people don't read the rest of it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his Righteousness. Then all these things shall be added unto you. So when he talks about seeking first his righteousness, it's talking about his way of doing things. So the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first, also the Greek for therein is righteousness. So if I hear the gospel being preached within that gospel, it's going to show me The nature of God. It's going to show me how God does things. It's going to show me what his will is. It's going to show him what he promised me. So that's what it's talking about. Therein is righteousness. And what that right is revealed from faith to faith. Then it tells us this. As is written, the just shall live by faith. Meaning the ones that have received the righteousness. Those that have received his way of doing him right, how are they going to live? They're going to live by faith. So faith is a lifestyle. Faith is is not my denomination. What faith are you? Well, I'm charismatic, I'm Pentecostal. I, no, Baptist, Bapticostal. What you know, it's what faith are you? No, no, faith is not a denomination. Faith it's word of faith, it's 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 a lifestyle. Word of faith. Faith is not a, a a. it's not a movement. Well, that word of faith movement, passed, it was never a movement. If you want to be technical, word of faith was what Apostle Paul was. Just read Romans chapter 10. He said, and the word of faith which we preach. So, you know what denomination? I'm <laughs> just the, the point is, I want you to see, is, is people get so hung up on, on word of faith and, well, that's that name it and claim it. Well, if you don't believe in name and claim it, you're not saved today. You don't believe name and claim it, you are not going to heaven. Another scripture for that? Romans chapter 10. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth and I shall be saved. So if I'm not naming it, then I can't claim it. So you have to understand it's 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 scriptural principles. And and when we talk about faith, it's a lifestyle. It's how we live. Hallelujah. Thank you. Uh, Penny, uh, could you put up first John chapter five, verse four? In the message, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Sorry to put you on the spot there, Penny. Hallelujah. I didn't give her a cheat sheet. Thank you, Father. Hmm. I just want you to see this. Thank you, Father. Faith is a lifestyle. Let's see. Let's read this together. Every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. So, so our faith, if you, if you really read that, the this, this scripture here says that our faith is a conquering force. Our faith. Faith is not a mental practice in your mind. It's not you know. Um, it, it's not Napoleon Hill's thinking get rich. It's not metaphysics. It's not mind over matter. It's understanding that faith is not natural. Faith is spiritual. The fruit of one of the fruit of the spirits is. Faith is born of the Spirit. It's a, it's so often, it's like people try to get peace naturally. People try to get joy naturally. They're fruits of the Spirit, they're, by, by, they're byproducts of your relationship with God. So faith is your byproduct of your relationship with God. It's not mental acrobats up here, okay? It's a byproduct of your relationship. And I don't have time to go into this but but you're you know in order to grow with greater faith you have to have a greater revelation of how much God loves you if you don't know that God loves you your faith will always be limited thank you father so your faith is a conquering power faith is a spiritual force that will propel you to success thank you father let's go to Romans 12. I'm just keeping these things on Wednesday nights. Just almost just like a, just something short, brief, and just kind of pumping you with faith. Romans 12. So this faith, it's a spiritual force. Verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you. Say every man. every man. Now understand he's writing to the church in Rome. So he's writing to believers. Most of the Greeks that were born again. Now born again believers. So for I say through the grace given unto me. To every man that is among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man, every man, the measure of faith. So I write this for every man that's a born again believer. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, meaning you're not so big because of you. Or if you see, if you look at me, the apostle Paul, don't think that I'm better than you because I'm the apostle Paul. So don't think of your, don't think of Dr. Savell as someone bigger than you or Pastor Justin bigger than you. Don't think of yourself soberly. So don't think of yourself too low. Don't think of yourself over and have an overestimation of yourself. Why? Because it comes down to what God has dealt. You know, he, he, he dealt the measure, the measure. And I love how it says the measure. He doesn't say a measure. Because if it was a measure, then I could say, well, I'm going to give Joseph a measure. But yet, if it's a measure, then I could give Charlene a different measure. But when you say the measure, now it's precise. It's the same. So, God dealt to every man the measure of faith. So, there's no one... That's that's in this place today that you can say you don't have faith because then you're lying against the word because it tells that God dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, the difference is now now everyone in here, every say every man in here, you know, we've been given the measure of muscles. The measure, the measure of muscles. We all have we all have biceps. We all have triceps. We all have those weird words of muscles that I don't know what they're they're called. Pecs or I mean pectorals, deltoids, <laughs> latimus something something. And you know we we all been dealt the measure of muscles, but the issue is 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 some in here have 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 built a little more muscle than other people have built. But yet, does that mean that that we haven't been given the same measure? Right? We've been given the same measure. The issue is some in here have maybe lifted some dumbbells more than other people have lifted. And some in here might have lifted a little more cheesecake than others have lifted. (laughs) See, I have a six-pack. I just haven't seen it in 30 years. (laughs) But that doesn't mean it's not there. So it's the same thing with faith. We've all been given the measure of faith. The issue is 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 we've all at different places on how we've built our faith, right? It's the measure of faith. Hallelujah! Let's go to uh, Romans chapter ten. While you're still in Romans, Romans ten verse seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Amplified says, so faith comes by hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ. So how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the word. So, so the measure is dependent upon, upon what we're hearing so that de- determine so no no one has one up on someone everything comes down to is 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 are you developing your measure and now now this is not the religious practice of me just reading scripture okay because i i i that was one of my downfalls when i when i first went in this if i just read enough scripture then i'm going to have faith the issue was is why am I reading Scripture? Because I was reading Scripture to be religious. I was reading really reading Scripture to try to memorize Scripture. I was really I was reading Scripture to to you know, put a put a put a notch on my belt to see how many if I how many times I've read through the Bible. But yet you can read the Bible, you know, I know people that have read through the Bible year after year after year, but are still ignorant when it comes to the nature of God, the character of God, and righteousness of God. So it's not just just more reading, it's understanding why do I read Scripture? Someone asked me that question, Justin, why do you read Scripture? Thank you, Rochelle, thank you. I read Scripture because when I read Scripture... I get to know him. Yes. Why do I read scripture? Because I, I can, I can, I, I get to see his nature. I mean, even if I just read the gospels alone, if I just had the gospels and I read and I saw how Jesus was looking at that, that, that rich young ruler and it said, Jesus, it said, beholding him, looking at him, loved him. And if I had the scripture in Colossians where it said said that Jesus is the visible representation of the invisible, so it means if I'm looking at Jesus, then I can see the nature of God. Yes. So why do I read scripture? I get to know Him. I get to know His nature. I get to know what's mine. I get to know the inheritance of the believer. I get to know, according to Ephesians one, the exceeding greatness of a power of us. I get to see where I am currently. I'm seated with him in heavenly place. I get to see. So what happens is I read scripture because it builds my faith, not because I know more scripture. I know him. And as I know him, now my faith increases and my faith grows. And I'm developing my muscles, so when so when pressure comes against me, when attacks come against me, I can press against it and it not press against me. Why? Because now my faith is strong. Because not because of me, but my because I know God, and I know what I have a right to. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Go to second, first, uh, first Corinthians two. While you're turning there, and we'll we'll get on this probably in future weeks. But in Mark eleven, twenty through twenty four, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and they ask them he they ask him a question: "Is how could you?" how did you cur- how how come the cur- the fig tree was cursed how how come the fig tree died and jesus doesn't really necessarily explain the instance but he goes in and he barely tells them he goes he goes have faith in god another downfall in my life in a life of faith was i would all of a sudden have faith in my faith i'd have Faith in my my ritual. I'd have faith in my tradition. I'd have faith in in this, that, or the other. My faith to be able to quote a scripture. But Jesus says, "Have faith in God." It's about Him. It's having faith in Him. So, so having faith in God. So it's not having faith to, for faith's sake. It's Having faith in God. Thank you, Father. Faith isn't isn't faith isn't necessarily one plus one. It's a it's it's knowing Him. Thank you, Father. Now look at First Corinthians chapter two. You have time for two scriptures. First Corinthians two. Oh, I'm in Second Corinthians two. First Corinthians two. Verse 4 it says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Verse 5, That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That my faith does not stand. My faith does not stand in the wisdom of men. How do I, Lord, um, to communicate the, this word wisdom in a, this wisdom of men, the, I guess the best word, because I probably won't say the word right, but say, necessarily say the word in the right way, but, you heard of the word rhetoric. Now, there's a word, and I may not say it right. Someone can correct me later. But they actually, it actually, the word is called a rhetoric. It's like an electrician, but it's someone that their primary occupation is they speak or their role is they speak to impress people. It's kind of like an le- electrician, but just put rhetoric on the front of it. Rhetorician, rhetorician. It is. It is. It's in the dictionary. Okay. Some people are still looking like what? But that that word means. It means is someone that specializes in speaking to impress or persuade people. So when it says that my that it says my faith, he says that your faith does not stand. In how someone has the ability to impress you. That your faith isn't established in someone trying to use words to confound you. See, there's people that can, can say a whole lot of stuff but not say anything. And yet it sounds spiritual. And it's like, oh, that sounded good, but that statement was full of unbelief. That your faith would not. That your faith should not stand. Thank you, Father. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, our faith isn't established on man's ideas. We have the God kind of faith. So we have the God kind of faith. It's not going to be established on what so-and-so might think. About God that doesn't know God it's tried, it's like someone trying to tell you, talk against speaking in tongues and they've never spoken tongues I mean you can't pull that out of me I wasn't in church when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. no one talked me into it it was I saw it in the word and I was like, I want that in my life so it's the same thing it's like that, that our faith isn't going to stand our faith isn't going to be built upon wisdom that comes from man or rhetoric that comes from what the rest of the world is saying, but our faith is going to be established and stand strictly and solely on the power of God and what God can do. All right. Do you see that? So we've been given the measure of faith. We have a right to this faith. Faith is what causes God to move in our lives. And now let me close with this. Go to first Peter chapter two. 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 1. Thank you, Father. Verse 7 says that the trial of your faith being more precious, precious than of gold that perishes that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and the honor of glory at the appearing of Jesus, whom having not seen you love, and whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. Now, what I want you to see here as I close... Is I want you to see this principle that faith is precious. The trial isn't more precious, your faith is what's precious. It's precious. We have to guard our hearts, faith is precious. Faith is precious. And every day and all day long, things are trying to come at you to try to steal the word, which is meant to steal your faith. Faith is precious. So much so, without turning there, let close with this. So much so that in Luke chapter 18, Jesus is talking. He talks about a woman that went to the unjust judge and it, and it says this, it says, it says, when Jesus, it says, when he returns, will he find it? When he returns, will he find faith in the earth? Why? Because it's precious. Why is it precious? Because, because it's what he deposited in you. He dealt to every man the measure of faith. When you got born again, uh, looking at it this way, when you got born again and you, you became a new creation, God deposited a seed of himself on the inside of you. It's precious. I could, if I had time, I could keep going and, and just talk about that everything that God did was by the same measure of faith. The worlds were framed by it. And Jesus said, when he returns, will he find faith in the earth? It's precious. It's precious. It's precious. Thank you, Father. Stand to your feet. Receive this word tonight. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. We thank you for your word tonight, Father. And we thank you for this measure of faith that you placed on the inside of each one of us. I thank you that this measure of faith, this, this faith that's of you, this God kind of faith that Jesus told us that we had to have the God kind of faith, have faith in God, that this faith is precious. So, Father, help, help us. Grow it. Help us to mature it. Help us to learn what it means to live a life of faith. Help us, Father, to come to a place where we live by faith. I thank you for that seed of faith in 2020 to grow. I believe that seed of faith, even as they're listening tonight, and they might have been born again and heard faith for, for 30 years, more than I've been alive. But yet that tonight there's something that deposit on the inside of them, this seed of faith. And I declare and decree, Father, that as that seed of faith is established in 2020, that that faith on the inside of them will increase and intensify. Father, over the weeks to come, I thank you that we will grow in this life of faith. That our faith will not be built upon the wisdom of man, but our faith will be established upon the power of God. We thank you for it tonight. Just lift your hands. And just out of your own heart, just... Thank him for his goodness in your life. Thank him for his faithfulness in your life. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father, with my hands lifted in my own heart, Lord, I thank you that I am growing in faith. I thank you that my faith is growing more and more. I'm knowing you more and more. I'm knowing your nature more and more. Thank you, Father. Thank you that as a church, Father, I thank you that we are coming to a place where we know what it means to have mountain moving faith. Hallelujah. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise. Amen. God is good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.